Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents. This is a beautiful Monday afternoon. I don't see a cloud in the sky, blue skies. It's warm. Woke up this morning, a little chilly, right? Threw on the, I think, Izod or whatever brand pullover. And I'm underneath in my Ugg blanket. Those of you who, you just like to throw blankets, you just like a little bit of... I was walking at Bed Bath & Beyond one day, and they have a section where they have the comforters, the blankets, okay, and the, the same people who make the boots make Ugg blankets, and it's less than the boots, <laughs> it's 60 to $100, so I'm not sure how I get all this material for my blanket, and you get so little for your boots, but you figure that out. So yeah, this morning, pull over, threw the Ugg blanket over the, the legs, I'm working the desk the first half of the day, and making a few notes, and, you know, here I am thinking, school is in session. Man, it's Monday. And I had a few stories and a few things from back when I was a young man in school and um, had a few interesting things, I guess, to share in terms of uh, school stories. I I have in my notes here, Alan, we are from a small community where I grew up, and a lot of the parents either know the teachers, went to school with the teachers, maybe even had some of the teachers. And and that was true in my elementary school as well. My fourth grade teacher, you know, Mrs. Fulp, she had, you know, my mothers and other, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff. And, and so some of the people are more familiar. They give you just a little bit of slack in different things that have happened. And uh, I thought to myself, I was thinking about a, a distant cousin of mine name of Tim Craver. He uh you notice I've I've just kind of gotten out of the gist of giving people nicknames. It probably still happened, but so Tim Craver's going to school with me. He's in this history class with me and we're unruly. Um his friend Ryan sits behind us. We're all same grade, you know, everything. And um we had been through some other classes together, I believe, with either whatever 4-H-ish, you know, shop slash horticulture, all that stuff. Now, we're all, you know, kids growing up in, it's not rural, but it's it's in between middle up rural North Carolina. And there is a moment where this teacher from across the hall, I think his name was Mr. Michael. But he comes and he knocks on the door and he's speaking to the teacher in the room that we're in. Tim has done something uh, unscrupulous and her punishment was everyone in the class faces the blackboard, faces the teacher, the little walking lane that she has to go back and forth. He's sitting in a desk facing us. That's his punishment. He's got to face the class. And as he's sitting there, um, he ends up with this I don't know, unceremonious look on his face. He's not happy to see us. We're not really particularly fond of having to look at somebody. It's like a shaming or something, right? But as Mr. Michael knocks on the door, he's greeted by the woman who's teaching our class. I I don't remember her name. And some of the best stories I have, the people who are, you know, the other party, I I intentionally have forgotten them, Uh, whatever subconscious uh, element that is for me. As she's talking to this man, I'm looking at Tim, and I'm I'm wanting to cause some trouble. And I look at him, and I said, Tim, what are you doing? Sit down! 
you sit down and shut up right now. And I'm raising my voice. And it's carrying. And, and Tim is sitting there like, what? I'm not doing anything. And she ain't even looking. And I said, Tim, you are not supposed to be talking. That's how you got into that chair. You shut the fuck up. And <laughs> so the other people around me are like, wow, like what's going on here? And so the teachers, now there's a little bit of white noise in the room. The teachers are talking. I'm loud enough. If, you, if there would have been any kind of recording device, it would have picked me up. And I just, you know, I continued with this. No, Tim, don't back talk me. You were talking. You shut the fuck up right now. And he fucking, he's, he's like, I didn't do nothing. And he's, he's playing the fool, you know. Um, maybe you should have stood up and hit me. Maybe, maybe you should have told him. I should have gave him some advice back then. Don't be a bitch. And so uh, she finishes with her conversation. And the teacher turns around. She comes back to us. She walks right up to Tim. Tim, I know what you were doing. You can't be getting out of your seat. You can't be talking. You don't be yelling curse words in my room. And Tim's like, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. He didn't. And we were all like, we're gonna, we're waiting to see what happens. And this girl next to me, Tanya Martin, raises her hand. She's speaking up. She's rah, 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 rah. You got that little chihuahua mouth. And and tells the woman. She's like, No, it wasn't Tim who did that. It was Michael. Michael did it. He's the one. He's when I was like, I didn't do nothing. So, what's up now? She was like, mm-hmm. So you're saying he did it? Yeah, he did it. He's the one. And I said, yeah, I didn't do nothing. So, yeah, I don't know how you're going to go about proving this. And she was like, prove it. She pulls out her little, now it's a carbon copy. When you give some money in school suspension for ISS, you write it on a yellow piece and then there underneath there's pink just like receipt paper and so she writes this out <coughs> tells me to take it to the office whatever now funny story right with a twist i work in the office so i and it, and it was only for a semester you could do like the little like you know choose to do a civil duty or whatever and it, it would be count as a credit but like you're helping the office the gym the you know you're a teacher's assistant whatever and it took a couple of days, and this guy, the, the principal, Gary Fischel, was on um, vacation. And Gary um, was out of his office, but like all the offices are together. You, go, you come into the main office, and you come up to the counter where we are, and the big clock's behind us, and you know that's like, welcome to the school, what can we do for you? Maybe there's a few forms under the desk, stuff like that. And then... Branching off from that room is the mail room, the assistant principal's office, another assistant principal's office. And the principal has his own office with one way in and one way out. Okay. So at some point, I was walking through Mr. Fischel's office to do something. And lights are off, but I look and I'm like, there's a stack of ISS forms. And I'm like, what? What the fuck? So I see these ISS forms. Mine. I gotta be in here. They must all be in here. Like, gotta be. Like, what? what's my luck, you know? So I find my form, and I get rid of the pink copy. Get rid of ISS. However, they also have a log <coughs> in the ISS room that, you know, you're supposed to go in there and serve your time and whatever. But we would go in there and deliver mail and do different things from time to time. So I went in there at some point. I cannot remember if the room was occupied or whatever. But I went in there, and I marked my name out of the book. And 
never served in the ISS uh, for it. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if somebody had the other copy, like the yellow copy of that paper or paint, whatever it would have been. But I remember I, I got rid of it and in the dark because I found my name. I read it right away. Threw it up, tore it up, threw it in the toilet, flushed it, right? And then marked it out in the ISS room. And, and thought, okay, this is not going to go against my record, nothing, nothing. And I remember thinking, like, dodged a bullet there. But, I mean, that's not the only classroom. And I'm not encouraging you, if you got your kids listening or whatever, and they want to cause some trouble, get them out of the room. Or maybe you don't mind. Maybe you want your kids to be the, the ones with the personality. So tell them to lean in a little closer to the speaker. <laughs> so that's not the only time I spoke up in a classroom. This guy's name, Alan, oh, Alan, Pen- Alan Penix, taught me at Forsyth Tech. I'll have to remember his name. We called him the bald eagle. He had he was bald on top, but he had the hairline like on you know where it goes in a circle just above your ears. And he played baseball with my dad, and I, I mentioned his name, and Dad brought him up. And he he had this thing where he would tell us to read for like twenty minutes, and he would let's see if I can do it with my my um, legal paper here. He would take and he would open the book left to right, open the book just like it's sitting on a podium at a church. Okay, and he would when he was turning the pages, it's almost like he was making extra noise on purpose. He would take <coughs> and we we were mocking him. When he wasn't looking, or maybe he didn't care. I don't. We've. I've never really figured that part out because he had to have known we were doing it. It's too loud. But he would. He lick his fingers, and then he would pick up the edge, the little ear of the paper, and he would pull it up to where it's almost ninety degrees, right? And he would pull it up, and then he would push it over. And we saw that, but we wanted to mock it. We wanted to like, you know. So we would. All right. And I'd look over at my buddy Drew. Oh, this was, we should have gotten in trouble for this. I think so. It's not like we should have gotten thrown in jail. But it was definitely a disruption. And I'd look over at Drew and lick my finger. Pull that page up. And announce that you're pulling the page up. Wave it a little bit. And then when it got up to like 90 degrees like that, you just... Let me see if I can do it. I don't know if I can make it sound that loud. But those textbook pages, are they're much finer... Uh, photo paper or um, cardstock or whatever they are. You pick it up and you just pow. You can I can't do it. Not with this paper. Not legal paper is not the same thickness. Thickness matters. Remember that. Ask your girl. So anyway, uh, we would do that. <laughs> we would just think that like at any moment he was gonna like push his chair back from his desk, stand up, and just boys, what do y'all do? You know, <laughs> just just never happened. And, and we carried it over to another class. This is where it gets bad. This is where behavior gets out of control. Because you let us do it in one class, got away with the ISS, and it happened in another teacher's class. Her name was uh, Miss D.H. Her name was Deaton Horner. Um, and two things very memorable about that class. One, she let us watch wrestling in the class. I'm like, well, that was a big deal back in 1999. The... Um, the Undertaker and Mankind, June 25th of 98, had this big Hell in the Cell match. He threw him off the top of the cage. Everybody knows it. Probably one of the most visual moments that's ever been done. And uh, the side story of this. My stepbrothers and I, we, our house was hit by a tornado here in Clemens. 
And so it displaced uh, us or relocated us, whatever. Uh, May of whatever. It was a spinoff of whatever that hurricane was in uh, May of 1998. Let me see if I can punch it up real quick. And we got moved over to uh, Polo Road, which is across the campus, across from the gym, everything, uh, at Wake Forest, um, North, North Carolina has you know three famous universities. You got Duke Blue Devils. Well, you, I guess you got four now. You got Wake Forest was not as big back then. You had WFU, and you got Duke Blue Devils, NC State, and and of course UNC Chapel Hill, the Tar Heels. Um, but back then Wake Forest was not as big. We moved across from Wake Forest. I don't even know if we paid anything for that rent house, and we would go to the gym there and and play basketball, Olympic size swimming pool, all that stuff. There was a garage behind the house, and we had a trampoline. And we had moving boxes because we'd been moved. And just like the announcer's table, when he threw the guy off the top of the cage from the wrestling match, smashed through the announcer's table. All right? We found a wooden ladder in this shed. We'd climb up on top of the roof of the car garage, and we would throw each other by the shirt tail and the waist of the pants. you grab them by the back of the neck and by the top of your ass and just off the side of the roof, and they'd, we'd flip, you know, you turn a somersault, smash through a moving box, and we called it the mankind. And um, it was just hilarious for us. It probably may have been dangerous, I don't know. But um, we ended up with um, I don't see the name of this. The name of the hurricane in 1998, Hurricane Mitch. Hmm. August Bonnie did hit the coast of North Carolina, influencing areas. I am under the impression it was a tornado that came off of uh, a tropical storm or a hurricane. But anyway, we would throw each other off the roof because that happened... um, while we were in this house the hurricane happened in may we were moved there pay-per-view happened in june my buddy Derek gave me a tape of the show i saw it we must have watched that a million times and we go out there and we throw each other off the roof and i thought it was so influential in my english class that i wrote a paper about it and i get i wrote i've still got it uh in a notebook here but she gave me an a plus and we were like we were talking about it and had to present it and you know give a, an oral presentation um, many folks not so confident in their oral presentation, but you should be if you want to have a good relationship. And we ended up talking about this stuff to the point where somebody piped up in class and said, hey, can we watch the match? And she was like, huh? And they were like, yeah, let's, you should let us watch the wrestling match. And so we came in one, I think it was a Thursday or Friday, we came in one day and just started you know, the match and, and watched it till... It's time to go. And it was almost like she gave us this leeway. And so different things happened in that class having to do with attitude, the attitude era of wrestling. You know, it was a, a comp, it was a, I guess a snowball effect from uh, the other classes where we'd, we'd piped up and talked in front of the teacher and stuff. So me and Drew were in this class. We've watched the wrestling show. We're doing our thing. A couple of days later, couple of classes later i had worked in the office that day and i brought over uh I'd, I'd gone to the concourse area and bought a soda pop 
took the can, folded a piece of paper in half, and wrote cold brew on it with, you know, big letters, and then taped it on the can, so it looked, it said cold brew, and I brought it in, I put it on the teacher's desk, put it on Miss DH's desk, and uh, I'll never forget this guy, I should make, I don't think he's my friend on social media, his name is Joe Allridge, and Joe came in, and I'm sitting down, I don't know why this is funny or why it happened this way, but he picks up the can, and he says, Mmm, I'm going to have me some cold brew. <laughs> he grabs it and he starts drinking it. He's like, yeah, this tastes just like cold beer. <laughs> and she was like, what? You're staying after class. He's like, no, the can, it says cold brew. <laughs> she was like, it doesn't say cold beer. <laughs> he was like, I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> I remember sitting there going like, he's got a good point. And she gave him a hard time and made him stay after class and then... Oh, it was it was so funny. She took away privileges and stuff. And so after he got into this situation, this predicament, I guess I thought he couldn't talk as much. Or he probably wouldn't want to draw attention to himself. And Miss DH would be turned around writing they had just put in these dry erase boards back then so she's writing whatever lesson on the dry erase board but let's be very clear there's no like sound barriers or any other reason you couldn't hear what i was doing and i'm sitting there at the desk and i look over at drew and she's got these simple rules you don't talk in class without permission you don't stand up from your seat you know you just simply and as she's turned around i stood up and I just stood there, and then I sat back down. And Joe Allridge, he just can't, like, you're not supposed to be talking, right? So he's like, what are you doing? And she turns around, and I'm already sitting back down. And she looks at Joe, and she's like, Joe, I thought you already learned your lesson. You want to go for more? He's like, nah, he was standing up. And she's like, I don't see him standing up, so be quiet. She turns around. She's writing on the board some more. This time I stand up and I take my arm and I'm doing it almost like you're doing the robot dance. I take it and, that's, uh, 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 and I, I start saluting the back of her hand at the board. And Joe's looking at me like, what are you doing? You need to sit down. You Don't be saluting her. And I took my arm and sat down real quick. And she, it's almost like she wanted him to do it like that. She took her time turning around and was like, Joe. And I remember thinking, like, she must be in on it. She's got to know. Maybe not. Maybe that's just a coincidence. But I stood up a third time and sat down. And then Drew, my buddy, he, he sat up. He stood up. Because Joe didn't say nothing the third time. I was like, all right, now we can stand up. So Drew stands up. And I turn to him and I go, Drew, what are you doing? You need to sit down right now and he's like yes sir and he, he sits down real quick and, and the teacher she knows she never turns around for this i know she heard it and there's i have like no doubts she heard joe she had to hear me because i threw my voice you know how like i'll do it on this podcast where i'll like really be emphasizing something and she joe's like are you not gonna do nothing about this and she turns around and she's like what are you talking about joe and she's like he's standing up He's standing up. He's talking. You only get on to me when I'm talking. She's like, I only hear you talking right now. He's like, I'm sorry. She turns around. She starts right on the board. I fake getting up. 
And uh, I was like, yeah, you like that? <laughs> Sit back down. And Drew's like, did you mean to do this? And he stood all the way up. And he stood there and he put his hand up at attention. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and Joe just looks at me and drops his mouth. He's just like, oh, what just happened? I was like, Drew, you need to sit the fuck down right now. And he, he was like, yes, sir. And he fucking sat down. He saluted me and everything. And she turns around and she's like, all right, you guys ready for ready to learn? <laughs> we, we're mesmerized by this because we're not like, there is no reason she should give us different treatment. There's no way she didn't hear us. I don't know. It was like a damn sitcom off of the TV, you know, or something. And never gave us a hard time about it. Never, it never came up again. I remember Joe asking us later. He was like, what's going on? Like, did you, did, did you, like, did you give her, like, bring an apple a day or something? How in the hell are you not getting in trouble? I'm getting in trouble. You're the one that brought in the cold beer. And I said, see, that's why you got in trouble. <laughs> he was like, I need cold brew. And I said, I don't know. I said, I guess it's just a coincidence. He's like, I don't know. I mean, you're the one that got us to watch wrestling. And I was like, yeah, you should be thanking me instead of trying to get me in trouble, asshole. And he was like, yeah, I guess that's true. And he was just like, you know, we we got along very well. I mean, we had gym class together and they played some sports and all kinds of stuff. But it was just, you know, simple things like that, that I don't know, I... School was full of quirky things. Back then, there was no Randy Orton or anything. Randy Orton didn't come along until 2012. We had Diamond Dallas Page. And you've maybe you've seen DDP Yoga and all this stuff. Yes, there were some of us who were huge wrestling fans. Wrestling was so big back then that during the Halloween week, when you could dress up in costumes, an overwhelming number of people dressed up as wrestlers. And Raven, you know, with his jean shorts, and they'd tie a plaid shirt around his waist, leather jacket, stuff like that. Guys on the wrestling team were huge wrestling fans, but they would never say it to your face. They would never announce it publicly. And I don't know why I never really understood why they were, like, not happy about it. Or, you know, they, maybe they didn't want the stigma or whatever from the wrestling coach. But, like, it was so good to be, you know, to have that attitude really fueled some of the changes that were going on back then. And, uh, I mean, along those lines, I mean, when we, we'd be in wrestling uh, practice. And me and Robbie Kuntz were the 160-pounders. And, I mean, our team placed, what, third in the state? I mean, we were really, really good guys. I mean, Robbie was wrestling because he wanted to work out when he wasn't, when it wasn't football season. So they'd tell us, to, you know, to give 100% resistance. And we'd be, <laughs> we'd be like, acting like we're flexing our muscles. But we're not really putting any pressure on each other. I mean, we were working a wrestling match right there in the wrestling room. Just because we were like, you know, we're not going to kill each other today. We'd, what are you feeling like? Are we going to go? We're going to go. And just... Simple things happen in that wrestling room that are I shouldn't describe, but I'm going to describe for you because I don't think any of them are felonies. And the time was it was 20 years ago. Um, I wish I remembered his name. It's Chris. Um, one of the guys was picking on the 105 pound, the lightest guy on the team, and that was like off limits. Can't pick on you know Bradley Essig, and um, I cannot remember what they called him, Spunky or Spuddy or something. Um. But he was picking on Brad. But Brad started it. And when they saw that, they like they told him, they were like, oh, you got to take your punishment, you know. And his punishment was he had to stand 
in one place on the on the mats with his arms crossed across his chest. Like you take your right hand, put it on your left shoulder, left hand, put it on your left shoulder, make an X across your chest. And told him to close his eyes. And he did. Well, somebody crawled behind him on all fours. So obviously somebody's going to push him. He's going to go over this guy. But nobody pushed him per se. Our heavyweight, who was the state champion, by the way, takes off from a few steps away, and football tackles him over this other dude onto the wrestling. Oh, just brutal. And I remember seeing that just going like, wow, that's fucking, y'all are going to mess somebody up. Like, I jump off of trampolines from high heights and everything else. I don't take that kind of impact. And that same guy was, it wasn't a week later, was messing around, and they were they were wrestling before practice, and somebody got him into a banana split. And if y'all are not familiar, Google it, but it's where they stretch the guy's legs in opposite directions and put his shoulders on the mat and pin him upside down. Looks like something out of an adult video. Well, it was, because he held him there, and there was other guys who took advantage of the situation. One guy took Jordan Pacific Jordan, you asshole. He, t- he, he like took his hand, made a fist, pulled it up to the side of his head, you know, for an elbow out, and elbow dropped him right in the groin. Well, not in the groin, in the dick, in the balls. And I remember Homeboy had to sit out the whole practice with ice between his legs till it was time to go. Because, like, he was in a bad way, man. They were, like, the ruthless. They used to play this game once in a while. I never played it. I sat down. I said, the hell with that. It was everybody from like 155 down and everybody 160 up um, played Combat Red Rover is what they called it. Now, those of you who are listening who are sports fans or maybe you're, you like these little antiquated hazing stories, what what's Combat Red Rover, Michael? Combat Red Rover means that there's lockers on one wall and they want you to get to the lockers and touch them and that's home base and that's safety but they can do anything they want to you in the process of you getting to the lockers if it means they're gonna pick you up body slam you sling into the wall headlock you whatever and i'll never forget this i don't remember who did it too but todd barlow he fucking this kid was crawling between his legs and i don't know if you guys know what the power bomb is in wrestling but essentially, you bend the guy over, pick him up so that he's facing the air, and you're driving his back. He can't see where he's going, but you're driving his back into the ground like he fell off a fucking ladder or something. And that's pretty much what it looked like. I mean, homeboy was going through his legs, and Todd picked him up and just threw him. Like, however he hit the mat. This was not like some smooth production like WWF. I mean, he fucking just... Plow! And it looked like one shoulder hit, and then the rest of him hit. It looked like a crash test dummy. And I remember thinking, that's it. Like, he's never going to be the same again. I don't know if he was, but I bet that hurt like a... Oh. And people were getting tackled into the lockers, which are not flat, by the way. These are these wooden lockers that are open in a locker room. So it's not like you, you're hitting some flat surface that's a little more comfortable to, to bump into. I mean, they were taking you know sharp edges into their shoulders and spine and everything completely uncalled for but you know a little bit of i don't know if it was fun to watch or not it was an experience that's for sure fun to watch i'll tell you what we're setting up the uh mats for a wrestling meet and it's three big mats and then you tape them together and so some of us are are younger lightweights whatever and we're the ones who get assigned to do this like grunt work 
And so, me and Robbie Coons and a couple other guys, but I remember Robbie, we're out there and we're taping the mats down. And I remember looking at Robbie, because me and Robbie would fool around and do professional wrestling stuff every now and again. We'd put on a show. And I told him, I was like, grab that broomstick. And he was like, what? I said, I want you to grab that. We're, we're taping the mats. We're down on the mat, almost like we're in a foxhole or something. <laughs> we're crawling under chicken wire. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, grab that broomstick and hit me with it. I'm going to, it'll be cool. He's like, okay. So we get done taping the mats. And I was like, I announced it. I, I, you know, I have this theatrical kind of thing to my personality. And I look at Robbie and I said, Robbie, what are you doing? You know you're our uh, cleaning lady, don't you? Pick that broom up. We're taking it back to the back with us. And then you can sit there and watch the wrestling matches because you know you're not any good anyway. And he's like, oh, yeah? You want some of this? And I was like, maybe I do. And so <laughs> we're standing maybe eight feet apart. I take two steps. He swings the broom into me like a baseball bat in my chest. But old Michael, he's he's down with the, 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 you know, down with the brown. Well, the broomstick was brown. So as he's hitting me in the chest with this big dark log, he swings it, boom, and I knew how to throw one foot in, up as I'm getting hit. I'm standing on one foot, but I'm kicking one foot way up in the air because that's starting the backflip, and as he hits me, I do a backflip laying on the mat, oh, and I grab my head because I don't know if anybody saw where it hit me, but I'm grabbing my head because I want everybody to think he hit me right in the face. I'm like, oh, my God, my eye. <laughs> And so there's parents and people who are already in the stands, and they're like, "What? No, you boys, stop that right now!" And Robbie's Robbie throws down the broomstick, and he's like, "Yeah, that's what you get for messing with me." Now some cleaning lady's gonna have to pick you up off the mat. And he walks off. And this was not grade A trash talking. It wasn't the greatest production ever, but it was very unexpected for anybody who was there, and especially like throwing in the backflip and whatever. Like I just remember like. That is awesome. Like, I need to do more of this. And that's part of the reason I say the things that I say that I've put on a show. I've been playing basketball, and you go dive after a loose ball, and you, th- you throw the ball back in bounds, but you run into the, the bleachers. Bam! Oh! And you, I'm not really hurt. I'm just making that noise. But I want you to, you know, I want you to appreciate what's going on here. But I'm exaggerating it. Greatly exaggerating what's going on. But for these stories, I didn't exaggerate nothing. I mean, those are those are true Hollywood stories from uh, from my high school days. But anyway, Monday Monday break, lunch, whatever is over, and it's been my pleasure to tell you a few things. Maybe you're laughing. Maybe you're like, man, this guy's got some real problems. But whatever you're doing, if you're tuning in and you want to subscribe, do it. You got Stitcher and Podbean and iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts and iTunes and Spotify. And I've been checking on Pandora. It's about that time. So if you want to leave a five-star rating, if you want to share the podcast, if you want to put it on a social media feed, do your thing. But enjoy this weather. Jesus. I'm about to turn the fan back on and get back to work. I'll talk to you guys soon. Keep smiling and enjoy yourselves as best I can do. If you have any stories you'd like me to tell or otherwise, because I do get requests and emails and stuff, um, I'm going to share a few of those this week and do a little Q&A. But uh, feel free to submit things, and I will tell your story vicariously. Uh, Not carelessly, but vicariously, and uh, make you sound like a hero. (laughs) Have a beautiful Monday, and take care. (laughs) 